This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice from Cleveland.com. It's Phil Steele Day. Talk to Phil Steele, the publisher of the uh, best college football preview magazine out there. I talked to Phil a couple weeks ago and wrote a story for Cleveland.com about his thoughts on trying to preview a season that might not happen. But this time we talk football. It's 25 minutes, his predictions for the year, other teams he thinks will be good in the Big Ten, some breakdowns of like different Ohio State position groups, and he does have his Heisman Trophy prediction and his national champion prediction at the end of this podcast. So we're going to give you a break. We're going to give you a little a little short one today. Um, 25 minutes with Phil. I was going to tack some stuff on, but why? Why can't I let you people just catch a break, not bog you down with an hour every day? So we're going to get in, and then we'll be done quickly. So uh, back on Friday, defensive line preview. That's me, Nathan, and Steven. Back on Monday, Market Down Monday is going to be about the 2022 recruiting class, the 2022 recruiting class, really getting into that next group of guys. And then next Wednesday, Michigan, Michigan preview. So we always appreciate you guys listening to Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice, uh, read us at cleveland.com slash OSU. Drop the reviews at Apple Podcasts. And now enjoy Phil Steele talking Big Ten, Ohio State, and National College Football. All right, joined by the great Phil Steele here on Buckeye Talk, longtime friend of the program. Phil, uh, we were just talking about this a second ago, but uh, some relief for you, I have to imagine, this time of year when you're starting to do your podcast and radio hits and the magazine is out of your hands. Uh, that's quite an undertaking you do for more than half the year. How's it feel when that part of the work is done? Uh, a great relief, Doug. Uh, you know, you go back to, uh, you know, the entire magazine process. It's on a constant deadline and got to get this, got to get this done, got to get this done. And finally, it's off into the press. Have the magazine in my hands, actually, as we speak. So that's the quickest turnaround time we've ever had. And now it's just radio show season. So I get to talk football all day on the, on the radio. So that's, uh, that's fun for me. So, yeah, big relief. Can I tell you something that I think is, is actually super important about this, Phil? We don't sure. know, and we, you and I certainly can't control, and not many people can control what is or isn't going to happen with the college football season. But if we don't have it or we have an abbreviated version of it, I think we need to have things like your magazine 
and I'm still planning to do our Big Ten preseason preview poll, we need to have those things for the history books to say, well, if something gets messed up with the season, what did we think about it going into it? Who were the leading contenders for the college football playoff? Who was the favorite in each conference? And I think we have to have things like your magazine. So if we say, oh, this is what we lost, for instance, we have to know what we lost. And you, you are providing that service. I hope we have a season. I hope we have a, a, a good, healthy, full season. But regardless, I think we need to know how people were thinking about the teams and players going into the fall. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I probably agree with you there, Doug, because, uh, yeah, it would be a completely lost thing, especially if there was no stats or anything uh, on the upcoming season uh, that happened. But I like you, Doug. I'm thinking there will be a football season this year, and even if it's just conference games this season – uh, I'm pretty pumped up about that. And, and the good thing about the magazine is it's geared to predicting conference games. So, you know, the, all the orders that we have in the magazine are based on conference games. So I'm, I'm still holding out a good deal of hope that we're going to play, be playing football this fall. All right. So let's dive into the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Big Ten Conference. Phil, what, what do you – who is the biggest challenger in your mind to Ohio State? this year because I don't think there's a person in the country that wouldn't anticipate Ohio State being the best team in the Big Ten. Who's the next most interesting team to you that you are really curious about or really high on when you think about this season? Uh, I got to go with Penn State and I tell you what I've been talking to Coach Franklin each year since he first got there and his first year he was there they were very thin they barely went one deep on the depth chart they had walk-ons filling in a lot of the second things and the way he's built this team is remarkable Doug and talking to him this year you know they go three deep at every single position and not three deep with just guys names but we're talking about big time recruits at all these positions and players and uh so they've got size they've got speed they've got experience uh when you look at Penn State this year uh, all eight units ranking my top units in the front of the magazine now my number 12 rated offensive line in the country my number eight rated defensive line number eight set of linebackers they've got an experienced quarterback in Sean Clifford extremely deep at running back I mean Journey Brown Noah Kane Devin Ford Kazea Holmes you can keep going they've go about six deep at running back uh, so this is a very dangerous team and Ohio State has to travel to Penn State. Don't know how big the crowd will be for that game, but, uh, you know, for the whiteout conditions. But I think Penn State is Ohio State's clear-cut challenger in the Big Ten this year. All right, let's talk West a little bit. I've, all, I've contended the last several years that while Wisconsin has, has really taken control as the dominant team in the Big Ten West, what they do works, I think, 11 weeks out of 12 in the regular season. But I just don't think on a regular basis they have they – can, they can beat Ohio State. They can compete at times. They competed in the Big Ten championship game last year. They have competed in other games, but they've only won once in the past decade plus. Uh, Minnesota intrigues me because they don't try to do it Wisconsin's way. And Ohio State did not play Wisconsin last year – did not play Minnesota last year when they had – the two leading receivers in the Big Ten, Tanner Morgan's back at quarterback, Rashad Bateman's back at receiver. How good – Minnesota was a surprise team for a lot of people last year. How good do you think Minnesota might be in the West? Because, A, 
if the you know if they go to a 10 game Big Ten schedule, maybe Ohio State ends up with Minnesota in the regular season, and if not, maybe Ohio State would see Minnesota in the Big Ten championship game. Could Minnesota win the West? Do you think, or does it feel like it's still Wisconsin's division out there? Well, as Wisconsin proved last year, anybody can win the West because Wisconsin was actually picked third in the West last year. It looked like a rebuilding year for them. They ended up coming back, winning it, and they needed some help at the end. They needed Minnesota to lose to Iowa and then for them to beat them at the end of the season to get past them, uh, but they did. And I think the West is wide open again. So, yes, Minnesota can win the West. Do I think they will? No, I don't. I, I don't think they're going to match last year's uh, type of season. They only have four starters back on defense this year. Little concern there, especially along the defensive front for Minnesota. Uh, and then offensively, I do think there's talent. I mean, Tanner Morgan has proved last year he's a very good quarterback. 30 touchdown passes, just seven interceptions. They've got Rashad Bateman at wide receiver, Chris Ottman Bell at wide receiver. They lose Tyler Johnson, but they still have depth there. And I like their, their running back core as well with Ibrahim Williams, Thomas. The offensive line is huge. They have a big offensive line, averages probably about 320, 330 pounds per man, and it's a veteran unit. But if you look at Minnesota last year, uh, they played a soft, very soft non-conference schedule and barely got past those teams. Then during conference play, especially early on, took out a lot of backup quarterbacks. So I thought last year was a very fortunate season for Minnesota. And while they gained confidence, and they'll be a good team this year, then they are a legitimate contender in the West. I don't have them up there as one of my top two teams in the West. All right. So Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten. That's not a – that's not a – uh, shocker shocker statement. Doug what yeah wow but, <laughs> we, we could say the same thing basically for the last decade when we're previewing stuff um first of all I do want to cover this Phil because I think you and I a year ago on this podcast um we were both as it turned out incorrect which is what happens when you are in the business of previewing things and making predictions where do you think you and I and some other people went wrong a year ago when we thought it looked like maybe it was Michigan's time to finally get a win against Ohio State in the rivalry. Maybe Michigan's time to win the Big Ten East. I picked Ohio State to go 9-3 and three last year. Obviously, that didn't happen. You're always good. The one thing I like about your magazine is that, of course, you're spinning forward, but you're also reflecting back on the year before, both for the sake of doing that, saying, hey, let's remember where it was, and then that informs your predictions going forward. What do you think was the thing that 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 maybe – we missed or didn't anticipate with, with the Buckeyes and how good they were right away with Justin Fields and Ryan Day last year? Well, uh, yeah, not, I think for the record, I think Michigan's window was last year. If they were going to win the okay. Big Ten East, it was last year. And here, here's what I think went wrong with Michigan last year. And the first thing would be Ohio State. And, you know, Doug, when I looked at Ohio State two years ago, uh, the 2018 version. They they may have went 13 and one, but it was the most unimpressive 13 and one I've ever seen. I mean, they had so many close, narrow escapes during the course of the year. Got blown out by Purdue. Their defense allowed 403 yards per game. Uh, offensively, they only averaged 4.2 yards per carry. They had a brand new head coach coming in, taking over for a legend. You had questions at the quarterback spot. You know, uh, can they re get a, re a quality replacement? Uh, what, you know, Justin Fields, can he read defenses? There were so many questions at Ohio State last year, and they had to travel to Ann Arbor. I did not know Ohio State was going to be two touchdowns better than the 2018 version. Ryan Day was one of my candidates for coach of the year last year. I thought he did a tremendous job. The second part 
was Michigan. And talking to Coach Gaddis, the offense coordinator, he, I think he hit it on the head early in the season. They just couldn't hold on to the football. They kept fumbling the ball away. You know, the first play of the season, Dylan McCaffrey, or not Dylan McCaffrey, um, Shea Patterson took off on a run, landed on the football, hurt himself. He wasn't 100% the entire first half of the season. I think their offensive line underachieved. You look at the individual talent they had in that offensive line, all these NFL guys, and yet their offensive line did not dominate the football. Like, I thought they might to be able to dominate last year and the defense um, probably didn't quite live up to potential but they were good but I think all those factors combined uh, had Michigan on the outside looking in and uh, you know that I think had they not turned the ball over a couple of times early in some of those losses they had last year maybe had they caught the touchdown pass against Penn State uh, which would have tied the game and they had all the momentum in the world might have been a different story but uh, I think Jim Harbaugh's window for winning the Big Ten East was last year and he blew it. So when you analyze the Big Ten, and again, you break down all the conferences, and then we'll get into what you think about sort of the national picture. How would you describe where you see Ohio State and then where you, what the gap is to the next team in the Big Ten? And you just said for, you believe that's Penn State this year. You think Michigan maybe missed its window last year. How, how do you describe Ohio State compared to everybody else chasing them in this conference? Yeah, I, I still clearly think Ohio State deserves to be the favorite, and it proved that last year. I mean, if if Ohio State was not going to win the Big Ten East, it was going to be last year with all that situation I just talked about coming off a poor defensive effort, Ryan Day, new head coach. But now that he's established, they've got a veteran quarterback in Justin Fields, I do think they are the team. I do think Penn State gives them a game. That's going to be a tough game. Uh, but other than that, Ohio State does stand ahead of the rest of the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan, like I said, their window was last year. You know, one team that I'm fascinated with, Doug, Big Ten-wise, is Indiana. Because yeah, me too. I, me I too. remember I remember a time when Indiana's linebacking core was a bunch of 210-pound guys. Now they're all 228, 230 pounds. They've got size. They've got speed across the board. Uh, defense, they got Michael Penix at QB. If he stays healthy, look out. Stevie Scott at running back. Wap Villier, Trey uh, Fofogel. Uh, they, they're going to give Michigan a legitimate shot at that number three spot in the East this year. So I'm pretty intrigued with Indiana. And in the West, I, I think you could go Wisconsin. I think you could go Iowa. Uh, I think you could go Minnesota. Nebraska disappointed me last year. You know, one team I'm really high on uh, out of the West this year is Northwestern. And Northwestern went just 3-9 and nine last year. But let's keep in mind, the prior two years, Pat Fitzgerald was 15-1 and one in Big Ten play. They had just been in the Big Ten title game two years ago. Their problem was an anemic offense. Well, I think that's solved. Talking to Coach Fitzgerald this year, their offensive line is a lot better. They've got running backs with Bowser, Anderson, Hull, and Peyton Ramsey is the big difference. They did not get good quarterback. Well, they got poor quarterback play last year. Peyton Ramsey will give them good quarterback play. Defensively, you may not know this, but they had a top 20 defense last year, and they got nine starters back, including Patty Fisher, uh, Miller, and Brown up front. They they have a very good defense, and I think Northwestern's going to surprise a lot of folks, but there still is a gap. I put Ohio State number one. I think if anybody in the Big Ten is going to knock off the Buckeyes this year, Penn State's got the best chance. One of the things I like best about your magazine, Phil, is, as you mentioned, um, the, with some of the teams, the, the breakdowns of the position groups and how you rank everybody in their position groups. I just want to run through some of the Ohio State position groups with you. We see the offensive line for Ohio State. We see Wyatt Davis as an All-American. We see Josh Myers as maybe on the edge of being that at center. We see Thayer Munford coming back. 
as a third-year starter at left tackle, we see three five-stars in Harry Miller, Nicholas Petit-Frere, and Paris Johnson, you know, fighting to be the, the new starters at the two other positions. I think everybody listening to this podcast knows Ohio State's offensive line is good. But can you help put us – help put that in context for us a little bit? That just like how good, how much of a strength might that be – for Ohio State this year, and and how does that collection compare to other offensive lines around the country? Uh, they're right at the top, Doug. In fact, I've rated the number four offensive line in the country, and I'm on the Joe Moore Award Committee and very proud to be on that because the Joe Moore Award Committee only has ex-offensive linemen or ex-offensive line coaches, and yet they allowed me on the on the committee, and I, I love when these guys are talking shop on our conference calls during the season. But uh, I passed my list past the Joe Moore Award Committee, and really at the top, you could make a case for any of those teams, including Ohio State, to be at the number one. I went with Alabama. Uh, like Ohio State, they had three guys turn down the NFL and opt to return. Oklahoma last year, you know, Bill Budenbaugh is one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. And last year, he only had one returning starter. This year, the entire unit is back. So they're up there. Notre Dame is up there. They've got, uh, they had seven different linemen last year start five games. Six of them are back. Ohio State's number four. A sneaky one is Kentucky. Uh, I thought if you watch Kentucky games coming in, they didn't get a lot of publicity, but these guys could dominate the line of scrimmage. So I think those are your top offensive lines heading into the year. And clearly, Ohio State has that chance of uh, being up there and winning the Joe Moore Award this year. We've talked a lot about the running back position on this podcast. Trey Sermon, Master Teague, Marcus Crowley all coming off injuries, losing J.K. Dobbins. We've had a, a lot of debates on this podcast of I personally have had some questions about Trey Sermon. A lot of our listeners are much higher on him. Some other people who cover Ohio State are much higher on him. Where are you on, you know, it's just hard for me to imagine them being, you know, at the level they were at with J.K. Dobbins last year when they had a 2,000-yard back there. But I know that, you know, there's not a gazillion great running backs in the country. Where do you, where do you think Ohio State's running game stacks up? There's a lot of questions, and it, it, for me it's a little hard to figure out exactly you know, who's going to get the ball and how that might be divided up. But how do you think their group stacks up? Uh, I've got them rated number 16. Uh, and like you said, Doug, I don't think they're as good as last year. Last year, I would have put them right at the top. I mean, not only Dobbins, but bringing a Master Teague and a healthy Master Teague off the bench was huge last year because uh, you, did, you didn't see a major drop-off from Dobbins to Teague. And Teague uh, had 789 yards last year. Now, will Teague be back 100% healthy? I don't think so this year. You know, you got Trey Sermon uh, and guys you mentioned. So I think it's still a good unit running behind that Ohio State offensive line. Heck, Doug, you could go in there and, and probably average four yards a carry behind that offensive line. But I, I think when you take a look at the running backs this year, they're good. But it is my probably my biggest question mark on the team coming in is how are they going to hold up? How's Trey Sermon going to do uh, as the uh, feature back this year? He did good. Uh, you know, he's had some good years in Oklahoma, some big uh, rushing years. But that would be my biggest concern on the entire team. Phil, I have quick feet in the hole, but I break no tackles. I go down on the first hit every time. So that's, but if Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers are blowing a hole open for me, I'll get something done. Um, yeah, one group yeah. that I am fascinated by, Phil, and I've talked about how I just still have a hard time. I need to go back and do a full rewatch of last season. I still have a hard time getting my hands around the Ohio State linebackers. 
they're, they're have so many guys back. They lost Malik Harrison to the third round of the NFL draft, but they have Tuck Borland back as a third year starter. Pete Warner back as a third year starter. Baron Browning back as a former five-star recruit who's now a senior and has played a lot for his, uh, the last two years. I just, I can't figure out if they're good, if they're kind of average, you know, I look out there, I don't see a Ryan Shazier. I don't see a James Laurinaitis. You know, there's a lot of people that have a lot of great memories of fantastic Ohio State linebackers. And lately it feels like we talk more about cornerbacks and defensive ends at Ohio State. I am fascinated to hear where you have the Ohio State linebackers ranked because I still, it's not that they're new. I know exactly who they are, but I still don't exactly know how good they are. Yeah, and frankly, they surprised me a little bit last year, Doug, because two years ago, 2018, I thought it might have been the, one of the major problems with the defense was I didn't believe the linebacking core was all that awesome. They gave up over 400 yards per game. There's a lot of big plays given up during the course of the year, and I had a lot of questions about the linebacker unit. And last year, that was part of the big surprise. I did not expect Ohio State's uh, defense last year to improve like they did all the way down to allowing just 260 yards per game and basically cutting the points per game in half from what they allowed the previous year. So like you, I I started looking at them and there's no superstar linebacker here, but what you do have is four guys that have played a lot of football. They've got size, they've got speed. And uh, I actually ranked them in the number three linebacking core because of their experience level, because of how good the defense was. And I think as a group, they played better than my expectations last year. So I had to give them their due. Uh, and with everybody back, Browning, Borland, Werner, Hilliard, I mean, and they've got some some guys there just chomping at the bit to get into action. Like Mitchell is a 6'2", 242-pound guy that got into action as a uh, a little bit of action last year. He may step in. So I, I think there's players at the position. And overall, experience-wise, it's one of the more experienced linebacking cores in the country. All right, let's get to the guy. Justin Fields, I think one of the most interesting questions uh, as this season unfolds going into it. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields have been linked since high school. They were linked in recruiting. They played each other in the playoff semifinal last year. They're the two leading Heisman contenders by far. They might end up being the number one and two picks in the NFL draft next year. Where are you right now on the Justin Fields-Trevor Lawrence debate? Because, of course, they're both great. And of, of course, they both might lead their team to a national championship. But I know you do preseason All-American teams and that kind of thing. Where do you have Justin Fields and where do you have Trevor Lawrence right now as you rank the best quarterbacks in the country? Well, I'll tell you, if I'm an NFL guy, Doug, and I'm looking at taking one of these guys and building my franchise around them, I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think that uh, he's got everything I want in a quarterback. I know at the start of last year, those first seven games, he tossed – eight interceptions, and he had a 22-0 ratio after that. And uh, I, I like everything about Trevor Lawrence. He's got, he's got what I want as an NFL guy. Now, let's talk college game. I mean, Justin Fields is right there with him. There's no doubt about it. And I think Fields will probably be a, a first-round pick uh, coming out, especially after the season he has this year. And what I did here, Doug, is I split my, uh, my vote I, I, on my All-American team. I've got Trevor Lawrence, number one. I've got Fields, too. But in the back of the magazine, where I picked my Heisman winner, I went with Fields. I think he's going to be in more big games than Trevor Lawrence will be, and that has a chance to earn him the Heisman Trophy this year. So I picked Justin Fields to win the Heisman Trophy. I picked Trevor Lawrence to uh, be first-team All-American quarterback. So I sort of split it right there. And uh, really, it's like a beauty contest, Doug. You've got two 
outstanding quarterbacks here. And, uh, you know, I'll take whichever one you don't want. I don't mind. So you've got Justin Fields as your Heisman winner. Do you want to reveal, Phil? Do we want to tell the folks who you think you have as your projected national champion for the 2020 college football season? Uh, yeah, we could do that, Doug. It's, it's up to you, uh, Phil. I don't want to give away the goods, but, you know, people want to know what Phil Steele thinks. Yeah, and, and we'll do that. Let's do that, Doug. And uh, I'll tell you this. The magazine is available at philsteele.com right now. So you can, if you order philsteele.com, we'll send it out today. But I'll give you the number one team. And it's, uh, it's a team from the state of Ohio. It's Ohio State. And uh, I think when you take a look at the Buckeyes this year, they surprised me last year. They were better than I expected, so I expect the same thing out of Ryan Day this year. I think he's going to do a tremendous job with this team. They've got the offensive line. They've got the quarterback. Uh, defensively, the parts are there. I mean, there are questions on the defensive line, but, hey, there were questions, some questions about the defensive line last year, especially after Cooper went out with injury. And uh, I think complete team-wise, I'm going to take Ohio State over uh, everybody else. Naturally, the other suspects are all in there, Doug. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. You've got all the the other uh, teams that are normally up there. But I thought Ohio State outplayed Clemson last year in the playoff game. Probably deserved to win that game. Had a couple of things go wrong in it. And I believe Ohio State's uh, in better shape than Clemson is coming into this season. So that's part of the reason that I went with. Uh, Justin Fields to win the Heisman is I think Ohio State's going to be that number one team at the end of the year. Phil Steele's college football preview. I give it the highest recommendation. Almost every college football writer around the country that you find will give it that same high recommendation. He's one of our guys here in Ohio. He's been pumping this thing out for more than two decades uh, as a resident of this state. So, Phil, uh, we always appreciate your expertise. We appreciate your help. Uh, best of luck with uh, the gazillion other interviews you have coming here. And congratulations on getting this thing done. I, you know, you and I did a story a couple of weeks ago on Cleveland.com just about, you know, trying to preview this strange college football season when you're kind of the number one preview guy out there. And I know it was a, a challenge for you this year, just like it's been a challenge for everybody in this pandemic. But uh, I think everyone will be glad to see that magazine out there on shelves and glad to have it in their hands. So thanks for your time, Phil. And, Doug, one thing I want to throw out to the listeners they may not know is uh, a lot of times I, I go with the people I greatly respect in the business that have knowledge of the teams. And before I sent my Ohio State team pages to the press, I had to bounce them off of Doug here because uh, I wanted to get his input and make sure that my Ohio State team pages were correct. So that just tells you my respect level that I have for you, Doug, and I, I appreciate the help on the magazine this year. And Phil, I tried to get you to change Ohio State's prediction to nine and three again this year, but you held fast and said no, <laughs> national champs. So, um, Phil, great to have you on. Great to hear from you, and we'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Doug. A lot of fun as always talking football with you, my friend. All right, see you, Phil. Do you have any idea how incredibly difficult it is for me to end this podcast now? Twenty-five minutes, twenty-six minutes. I feel like we haven't done anything yet. Try the text 614-350-3315. We'll talk to you guys on Friday for the defensive line preview. Thanks to Phil Steele. Thanks to you guys for listening. I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>